Episode 78 of Cherokee Rewind. Thanks for hanging out with us. I am Mick, as you know. And, well, my guest this time around is a guy who, I tell you, no, I knew this guy when he played for the Cherokee. I knew him after. He was my cameraman for a while. <clears throat> and, uh, matter of fact, he was my the last my last cameraman. Uh, I always try to guess what jersey you wore, but Jake, there was no getting around it. You wore number five. How you doing? Jake Manders joining yeah. us here. So, uh, Jakey, I tell you, it's man, how long has it been? It's been it's been a while now. Yeah, it has been a while. You got that right. Maybe a little too long. Yeah, huh? Well, no comment there. Uh, now, when did <laughs> what years did you play for the Cherokee at the junior level? All right, let's. My first time I played when I played for Duncan would have been 09, 2010 season. Okay. Yeah. So holy smoke. And then, and then I left and played AAA for a season and a half. So then I came back. I would have been 11 and 12, and then 12 and 13. Man, oh man. It seems like you've been like you're like a you were like a, even then you were like a with the grizzly old veteran you know even with right. you know, even though you were just a kid you were still it's like you were like I was like half expecting you to be you know roll out the uh, them to give you a watch or something you know like for like thirty years of service and here you are you know you have your, <laughs> didn't even crack twenty yet but uh, now right. let's get started here at the beginning of things and I mean. Uh, I wouldn't say you were doomed to, but let's just say uh, you didn't have a chance c coming out of the womb. You you were just absolutely destined to play hockey. Yeah, I I mean, from an early age, I started playing, and you know, it was just it never stopped. I was surrounded by a lot of good people that it just always worked out, and. Well, some of those good the best game. Well, true, so. you're right. And and the thing is that you the you talk about the best people. I mean, they don't come any better than your folks, and the folks that they hung out with. So you had all you were surrounded exactly. by all hockey people. Mm-hmm. My whole life, yeah. you know, all my best friends always played hockey growing up, and then a lot of the best friends that I got from playing hockey, you know, it was just always surrounded by hockey players. Or people that were involved in the game in some shape, size, shape, or form, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, now, how old were you when you first put on a pair of skates? I want to say probably like five or six. I was in like kindergarten, I believe. So, a long time ago now, but yeah, I was around that age. I know that. Um, now, was there? Anything, I mean, did you basically take to it like a fish to water? Yeah, because, I mean, that's the only thing I really played consistently from then on out. You know, I played until I was 21, until I aged out of juniors. Now, did you uh, so it's like, Did you play any other sports when you were young? Yeah, I played a lot of other sports, and I played just about every other sport there was. You know, I played baseball. A little bit of basketball when I was younger, played, played football, lacrosse. So, you know, I played everything you could pretty much. 
Well, we're going to go down. But hockey, uh... I was going to say, I want to go down that line with you for a little bit here because that's, I mean, I, that's, but this is, this is uh, a chance for people to get to know that party that, I mean, when all they know about you is your hockey exploits, you know, um, that's one thing. But, I mean, the fact that you played other sports, uh, hockey was obviously the sport you took up first. Um, how old were you when you started playing any of the other sports? Probably even younger than hockey. I think, you know, I, I used to, when I was really young, I used to run cross country. I know that. I think I did that about the same year I started playing hockey. And that only lasted that year. I never did that again. I think I only ran one race. So, but I kept playing hockey. I could tell you that. So that was a good, that's a funny little thing. But then after that, I think I started playing baseball, you know, first grade, second grade. So I played that through grade school, started playing football in about fifth grade. What position did you play uh, for those, for uh, baseball and football? And in baseball, I played catcher here and there. And then when I got a little bit older, I started playing a little bit of second base and some outfield. But then uh, I think I, I stopped playing baseball when I was in like eighth grade going into high school. Because where, where I'm located in my, in my grade school, we only had, I think, my eighth grade year, six or seven boys in my class. Wow. So we didn't have enough to play baseball. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Now, how about football? We, we did play football because that year – we were able to join with other schools that didn't have as many boys in their class like us. Mm -hmm. So we joined schools. We I did play football my eighth grade year, my seventh grade year, and my fifth grade year. I didn't play in sixth grade. But I stopped playing that when I got to high school, too, because of hockey. Same season. It's going to say. Type of thing. And you could, uh, the risk of your injuries for football. Um Right. You know, I mean, eventually it comes a it comes a time where it's like you know you either commit to playing or you kind of not start you stop playing so competitively or or not traveling as much or whatever for it you know. Basically, you got to crap or get off the pot. Right. Exactly. You know. So um, now, uh, who when you played uh, your youth hockey. Who who were some of the coaches that you played for when you were when you first started? Well, like a lot of Toledo boys that started playing hockey, I, I actually started at the sports arena. And my coach then when I was growing up there was Greg Kelly. And then when we went to Sylvania, he also coached me for a year with uh with Sylvania. And then I played for another year there for for Torchia. Mm -hmm. And then when I, uh, when we went to the ice house, I think in like, Oh, one or Oh two, it was Gary Stern until I was 16. Really? So I played for him. For a while. Yeah. He actually used to coach the old Wolfpack. The, the continental elite. Yeah. At the ice house. Mm -hmm. Remember when they were there? Yep. They were, they were there for, like a year. yeah, it was like they had, um, uh three there was three junior teams back then uh that year it was the toledo ice diggers the cherokee and then Con the continental elite league came in 
with the uh, Toledo Wolf Pack. Yeah, yeah. And Gary was the coach of that team. Wow. And then they, they I don't know what happened. Like maybe they folded or something or sold them or something, whatever happened. But he ended up being my coach for uh, for a good portion of my youth hockey, I'd say. Wow. I didn't want to say like PWA until midget U16. Maybe even longer than that, I had him as a coach. So oh. a while I had him. Holy smokes. So now, uh, when you, I mean, did you ever get the temptation at all in like high school to play high school? I did. And I, well, not particularly like per se that I wanted to pursue it as much as more. I didn't really have a choice of that year, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I played my junior year in high school. Where'd you, uh, Four state races. Okay. And uh what kind of team did they have back then for in that year? We were pretty we were pretty darn good. I'd say uh one of their top program teams, I thought, like for our generation, my four years that we were there, we were a pretty solid squad that year. Uh like the you know who Scott Loy is? Yeah. He was on my team, uh Mike Simone. Mm-hmm. We had a couple uh David Torchia. There's a lot of uh, good players at St. Francis at that time. But uh, the year after that, or maybe it was two years after that, yeah, uh, they ended up winning state. Mm-hmm. Now, that was their first state title. And that was with Kinsey and Vargs, right? Yep, I played for both, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, who was your coach at St. Francis when you played? That's that's who. It oh, was. it was Kinsey and Vargs. Okay, I didn't. Re- I couldn't remember yep. when they. It was their. Over. I think. I. I don't. Not, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was their first year. Was the year I played. Oh. Because I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, it was Rob Kerr before that for a year. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that. Like I said, Kinsey left because of uh, the. He he wanted. Uh, he couldn't uh, travel as much as he needed to with juniors and uh with his job and everything and then you know uh vargs joined them and uh so yeah i'm trying to think here man you were on that team that first year wow that's i I didn't realize that um it's kind of funny how how full circle the cherokee are around me you know i mean it's you know the one year i i played at saint francis that ended up being the year that the Cherokee coaches of, of the junior team went over and coached that team. You know, it's kind of funny mm-hmm. to think about now. And it's funny because the name, you know, you can throw up names that uh, from the St. Francis program and of course other programs in Toledo, but it's like, it's funny how they are intertwined in, in somehow somewhere down the line, they're intertwined with uh, the Cherokee program, whether it's from juniors or through the, you know, the guys further down the line that are coming up, uh, the travel program mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's, it's just funny to me how, how, how strong that bond is growing now, you know, uh, guys that played back when they were kids in whether it was in house or, or travel and somehow or another, the, they just seem to both just kind of right. intertwine, but now, uh, were you always a defenseman back then, or did you ever spend any time playing forward? 
uh, pretty much I, I have always been a defenseman, but that year I played for St. Francis, I played pre-post, which is before and after high school, mm-hmm. and I played a little bit of offense on that team. But that was the only year I really played offense. Besides the first year when I came back to the Cherokee, I started playing offense for them that year. But other than that, I've never really I've always been a defenseman. Okay. Now, um, so tell me about what it was like as far as um, for you when you played, uh, you say most of the time played travel, like when you played in uh, midget and stuff. Uh, what was the, the grind like for you when you played that and you also had to do your homework especially going to st francis because that's a tough school you got you got to have a uh, right exactly and the, i and it, te- it honestly it teaches you a lot of discipline because you got to really respect father time in that matter because you know you're practicing and, and you're playing it's like almost five t- five days a week in some months you know so it gets real real tight for time but you know, you just stay on it and you stay at top of things and a lot of homework before and after school right away. You know, you wake up, you get some done. Yeah, you didn't finish the day before because you didn't have time. You're so tired or whatever, but you work through it and you just, you know, try your best and get it done. Okay. Because that's what you want to do. You know? Yeah. Now, did it ever get to where you thought about maybe playing a little more uh, high school uh, that last year of high school when? I mean, think, I mean, if you think about it, you, when you play travel, it's great for your development as far as wanting to play at higher levels, the, I won't say downside, but the kind of the trade-off is that you're basically playing only in front of your parents and, you know, some family and a few friends where when you play high school, you're, you know, especially here in the Toledo market, you play high school and you're playing in front of a packed house every night because they're uh, the high school sports here is king. And, uh, and you see how big of a deal that is around here, whether it's St. Francis, St. John's, whoever, you know, uh, that you play in front of, you're going to play in front of a big house. And especially if they're playing one of, uh, if you're playing each other, St. John's, if you're playing St. John's or if you're playing uh, Northview or Southview, you know you're gonna have, you know you're gonna have a pretty uh, packed building. So, did you ever give consideration to that at all, or was it like, nah, I, I, I travels where I need? So, so you know, I like I said, I played that year for St. Francis. I got to play in some some of them big games where you're at Tam O'Shanner playing St. John's, and you're in the locker room. And it's so loud in there because there's so many people. Like it gives you chills. Your all your hair on your arms are standing up. You know, it's it's a it, it's a once in a lifetime like feeling. You feel like you're famous, like you're playing professional hockey. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie, it was a great and an, an intense experience for sure. But I, I don't know. I'm more of a I, I like to compete and and I'm a competitor and I like to play at the top level I can possibly play at. And I want to do a lot, you know what I mean? I want to play a lot, a lot, a lot. I, I, love to, I love to play, you know. So for me, it was more of I, I want to be somewhere I'm on the ice. That year, I was actually the, – the next year after I played for St. Francis, I was – I made the junior team. So I was actually 
more into trying to play for them. And, and, you know, back then we didn't get that big of crowds, but still you're playing in front of people that you, that you respected and you cared about their opinion about your game. And, you know, and a lot of times at that level, what I was looking for was somebody that was going to give me advice and stuff like that. And like, you know, it was great to play in front of family and friends and have big crowds and do that. But, you know, to me, hockey, once you get on the ice, you don't even hear any of that. You don't see anybody else but what's going on on the ice. And that's, you know, to me, that's one of the biggest things why I loved hockey so much, because everything else, once you step on the ice, everything else don't matter outside of that ice rink. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So to me, I, I just I loved the travel part of it, too. It was great. You know, I never got really too sick of it until I stopped playing, you know, and then it was kind of actually you re- look back and you're like, oh, this is actually nice, you know. You know, I had to travel so much. But now, you know, I've been coaching for three years and I'm doing it all again, you know, through coaching. So yeah, you know, it never ends. But no, but it's a, you you see it with a different set of eyes and stuff from when you were playing. And of course, when you're playing, you're thinking, hey, man, these are cities and stuff that I've never been to and I may never be to go to again. You know, and you think like that right. and get to travel, see different parts of the country. And then when you go, you know, when you're coaching, it's like you're thinking about scheduling, you're thinking about hotels, you're thinking about what you're going to do with the kids, you know, that kind of thing. And you just a right. little, little right. bit of different, a right. little bit of different uh, viewing of how you view things. But a little bit. Right. Exactly. But, ex- it, but it, coming back to what you're saying, you know, that's the other thing, you know, you. I might have missed a few things like going to high school football games. I, I'd miss a few of them big games, not being able to go to those games and watch in the stands and go to all that because I'm out of out traveling because of hockey. But what I got to see, I, you know, in my eyes, like you're saying, I got to see so many cities. I've been so many places. It's just, you know, to me, I, it's a blessing that, you know, and I'm very humble about it. It was, it was an awesome experience and without, my parents and the support of other people around me, it would never happen. And I feel like if I go back, I'd do it all again. I, I would. It was besides, you know, been a lot of places. Besides, Jake, you didn't miss much on those football games because whenever St. Francis played Central, we killed you. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> I know. But uh, that's right. That's the only thing I got. You know, I mean, with all those kids of St. Francis, you know, especially – the hockey team winning state titles and stuff, you know, several of them. And I'm sitting here going, okay, we don't even have it at central. We don't have a program anymore. And it's like, yeah, but right. at least we got the Irish night. I guess I have to take solace in that, you know, but, uh, but seriously though, I mean, it's still, you're, you're absolutely right. Getting to see, you know, the different, the different places and stuff. That was so cool. Um, now when you made the, uh, when you went to uh, play uh, for Toledo, were you recruited at all? Were you drafted? Did you uh, just attend an open tryout? Uh, yeah, it was more like the tryout deal. But I, like I said, I played in Toledo for a long time. They knew who I was coming up through the programs. You know, I I was close to Tarsh and, and Duncan before. I even was able to be able to try out, you know what I mean? So I skated in the tryouts the two years prior to me even being able to play there. So they already knew who I was. I didn't get drafted, I don't think. I don't remember. I never really paid attention to it. But, uh, 
you know, I made the camp, made the top roster, and then they cut it down, and I made that roster. I played for, well, I think, end of December or January. Then I left and went to Victory Honda. But I don't think I was drafted or anything. I think it was just, you know, we knew who we, they knew who I was, and I skated with them a lot. We were familiar with each other, and I skated at the, the tryout camp. And back then, you know, it was, you know, they'd get four or five, four, four to six teams in tryout camps, you know, skating, and they used to fill in players. So the years, that, like I said, the years prior, I had skated in some of those camps when I was too young to even play for them. Good. You know, so. Now, um, I just, I mean, did you, how, what was it like for you as far as adjusting your, the way you played? I mean, obviously being a D, you were, um, you were expected to do things, be physical. When you're a young, you know, you're not old enough yet, but yet you're playing against guys that are older than you. In some cases, men, young men, uh, did you, uh, did you kind of feel, I don't know, I don't want to say intimidated, but kind of like a little gun shy when you would when you would go in there and play against them in those tryouts? Because let's face it, they're bigger than you, you know, in some instance, stronger right. than you. Right. So, you know, faster because they're older. Um, did you feel like, uh, right. what am I getting myself into at all? Um. Uh, here and there, you know, of course, everybody's going to feel that way, especially being younger and not definitely not as big as a lot of the guys out there. But uh, I feel like those those couple years where I was skating prior to being to playing for them, uh, everybody kind of shied away and knew, you know, what I mean, we were younger or whatever. But even even the first year when I s- skated with the team and made the team. I was still not very big, and yet, of course, in instances, it's like, oh, man, what am I doing here? You know, am I supposed to be here? But then you just remember your abilities, and a lot of it comes down to just working hard and skating and then, you know, trying to keep up. It's all you can do. Yeah, so. Um, keep your head up is the biggest thing, right? Yeah. Did you ever Did you ever <laughs> get uh, Did you ever get waylaid or, or smoked at all when you were, when you were in uh, those tryouts as a young kid? Yeah, I'm sure I did multiple times, but I was always kind of shifty. You know, I could get out of tight spots when I needed to. I never really got hurt uh, during those times. But Now, did your folks kind of freak at all any when uh, you would go and do that? No, not at all. I'm sure my dad more or less encouraged it, you know what I mean? It's ice time. Yeah, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Uh, but um, so, okay, so tell me about when uh, you, uh, after pre-post and everything, tell me about when you came to Toledo in earnest, when you were there and saying, okay, guys, I'm all in. What was it like that first, that first, uh, like, camp, that first uh, part of the season? What was that like? like an experience like no other you know what i mean first year juniors great a great group of kids you know great great group of, group of guys and just like you know being at the tryouts knowing that i'm i'm i have a shot at making the team this year and you know it's something that you wanted 
to it was a goal you know what i mean something that you wanted to happen so you know it was unreal and a lot of the, you know a lot of those guys were local that year so it's a lot of kids that i looked up to growing up playing you know around them you know they're playing at either at dice house or i know them from where they're playing at and stuff like that so a lot of it was some of it could have been starstruck in some ways you know and then you know and then it's reality as soon as you hear coach dunk yell you know and it's like oh <laughs> yep, it's like this is business. Yep, it's like uh oh, reality sets in. Um, it's definitely definitely a big step, you know, coming from just playing travel or whatever, and then you're stepping into that four or five days a week, and you know, workouts after practice, and you're skating for an hour and a half every day. And it's right after school, and you you know, like you were saying, you still got school work to do. It was, you know, it's definitely challenging. So uh, tell me about some of the guys in that uh, year that you played. Uh, uh, that I mean, were there guys that you? Who was your defense partner back then? Well, when I played, which wasn't much that first year, I'll tell you that. But uh, it was, uh, you know, I played with like Williams a lot and here and there, and Zilky a little bit. But uh, I think mostly Williams, Josh Williams. You remember him? Man. Oh yeah, it's been a while. So uh, who else was on? A little bit, a little bit of Fletcher. I remember playing with Fletcher a little bit here and there. Good old Eric. <laughs> He's a piece of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he, he originally, I think, didn't he originally play with Motor City, or did he go from us to Motor City? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what way it went, but I think he was. And then you remember Jarvis? I remember Jarvis. Too. Uh, Taylor, Taylor little, Jarvis. Little Yes. Yeah. 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 I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And Richie, R- Ryan Richmond. Yep. Richie. I mean, he's, he's like, he, he reminds me a little bit of you in terms of that, that like it, 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 even though you were only there a short amount of time, just a few seasons, it felt like you were there for like 40 years. You know, it's, I feel the same way with Richie, you know, he, it's like yeah. every time I'd see him and uh, I'd see him skate and stuff like that. And then it, and, and it kind of was actually, for both of you, it, for, and at least in, in my eyes, it was very, I guess for lack of a better word, it was comforting. It was a, it, there was a familiarity there because you know how much, especially in juniors, you only have a short time frame uh, overall and it's, you know, it changes season to season. So you're going to get a lot of different faces in there. But, you know, from a fan standpoint and a broadcaster mm-hmm. standpoint, you kind of, um, you know, you look for some familiarity. You want to see some of the guys that you, you know, that you're, you you want that you liked and you thought well of and you're used to seeing. So, you know, you wanted to see them again. And so, you know, like I say, with you and Richie and guys like that, it was uh, it, it, it was familiarity. So it was kind of it was like comforting. No. OK, so they're there. At least I know I've got a few guys that I can talk to, you know, on the bus or whatever, you know, hanging out and. You know, if we go, you know, for a pizza run or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff that we did, uh, that was all the nice stuff. I won't. I, now, um, did you have to? <laughs> did you have to um, do the uh, rookie dinner? Yeah, I did. Who was your vet? Yeah, me and Chase. Who was my? I can't. I, maybe it was uh, Matt Cook. Can't remember who it was. It was one of them. 
But I remember me and Chase Michaels. Remember him? That dude. He was Texas. from Texas. He was a big guy. He had silky hands. Work, work, cowboy hat. Wasn't he from yes, Texas? Yes, he was. He kind of fell yeah. off the face of the earth too, man. Everyone's like, man, he doesn't do social media, so he just sort of disappeared. <laughs> so he's yeah, he's a big. He's, I, I want to doubt it, but he was a good actor. He's a big yeah, boy. He was. You didn't want to mess with him. You know, I, there's an old saying: don't mess with Texas. Mm-hmm. He could he could have been a representative for that that ad because he he you you didn't mm-hmm. mess with him too much he was like he was a good dude but you only went to a point and that was it <laughs> you know you messed with him to a point right. you did you just didn't cross any lines so but yeah he was a good dude and, and stuff and I'm trying to remember who else was uh, Spencer Jordan wasn't he on that team yeah I remember Spencer yep um, yeah and. Uh, I'm trying to remember now, uh, was that the year? It could have been on other years, so because they all run together for me. But um, uh, no, Spencer Spencer Jordan might have came the year after. That. Oh, the year after? Okay. Because it was like this was like all right. It was Evan Johnson. Okay. Madiak, Tickner, Cook, Chase Michaels. Now, Tony, I can't ever remember Tony's last name, how to say it. It's like Ashkala, Ashkala. He's from North Carolina. Oh, uh, Ascalness. Ascalness. I used to call him Oxalanus because I could never pronounce it properly. And he scored. And when I I mispronounced it, he actually scored and went on a point streak. So I never, during that time, I never called him by his right last name. I, I would call him Oxalanus and he would, and he, he's like, oh, that's cool. I don't care. And I was like, well, you know, I try to get it right, you know, but I could never do it. But, um, and cause if I'm not mistaken, that was also the year or two then with, uh, Mike Baker. No, that was the, that was the first year I came back was Baker's oh, year. Oh, okay. Cause he, isn't he a North Carolina kid too? No, he's an Upper Michigan kid, I think. Because I know he's he played uh, in the minors uh, for uh, somewhere in North Carolina, not Raleigh, but um, Winston Salem, I think. Because I think that's where he's at now. But I think I don't know for a hundred percent, but I think. I don't. I couldn't tell you because I I haven't really I haven't talked to him since we played together. I, th- I know he was like he was playing in the feds or something or the SPHL. Yeah, he was with or the federal hockey. He's with uh, the what are they the Winston Salem Thunderbirds or something like that. Uh, but or I think they moved to Fayetteville. I I don't know. It's one of those places uh, in the in the in the fed. Yeah, but he was he was later. Okay. He he came. He was on my team the first year I came back after. This year, this this was like Easton. I Easton was on Chris, Easton, Chris yeah. Easton, Stephen Howard, Lucas Kelsey, Worst Fletcher, Zoki, Serapelia, Kurt, oh, Kurt Schroner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm trying. Man, who was the goaltenders back then? That was in Austin, was it? Rotobush? 
No, that was the year I came back. This was – it was Danzac, Duck. Duck yeah. played for a little bit, and then they traded him. Yeah, because he had played with us before that. And, uh, and then Buten Miller. And Tyler Ross. Tyler Ross. If he's he's like a comedian now. Tyler Ross is. Nothing surprises me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, it's – Man, oh man, it's like I said, all those all those years run together. But now, tell me, what was the the I guess, for lack of a better term, personality in the locker room back then? Your first year was it? Uh, you know, when you did the whole rookie dinner thing. Uh, how? Tell me about how what it was like. I mean, did you uh, have to deal with a lot of pranks? Did I mean whether it was shoe check or uh, you know, uh, leaners or whatever they did back then. Um, so always on the road, that was always a big thing. You know, you better watch out, pay attention. I always paid attention pretty well. I, I don't think I ever got shoot check. I might have, but we always messed with each other in hotels. That's for sure. You know, and like the rookie dinner, you know, you just, you just embrace it. I had to dress like a girl. We went out to Applebee's. I think it was, it was a good time. You know, just go with the go with the flow, right? Yep. So, uh, but I mean, the whole season, yeah, they all mess with all of us rookies because a lot of times we all had to stay in the same room or whatever, and they mess with us. And I was always with Kurt, and he always tore. They always messed with him, uh, Zilky and Maddie did. So he was always getting messed up. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all. But you know, on the other hand, though. I that that's to that sounds typical of uh of Maddie because he was the captain back then, right? Yeah, he was. I, he was there. He was another one that was there forever. Yeah. And it, he was there for a long time. You know, and but the reason I say that is cuz uh Maddie was a kid who he didn't, you know, usually sometimes when you get the older guys, the vets they're the there's that little hierarchy thing going on with the vets versus the the rookies, and so sometimes you know. Yeah, he didn't let that slide. He didn't let that slide. He made everybody feel like they were welcome and everything. But we still went through the routines, you know. Mm-hmm. But he he was definitely a different kind of leader for sure. You know, and that's what I really admired about him is the fact that he went out of his way to make sure because. I think if I remember, he did not have a good experience as a rookie uh, with some of the stuff that uh, they he had to endure. And I remember. I couldn't imagine. He did. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember in uh, him telling me one time, uh, like at the rink or on a bus ride or something, telling me that, you know, he was like, I'm not going to, you know, it, it, it sucked for me, but I didn't, I don't want it to suck for them. And it was that was his reasoning and after that it was like that's why he and and it actually made for future teams to kind of uh do the same thing you know i mean they it it kind of i mean because back then even before you know in your era and before it was always things like the hot box and you know what you know how can we torture these rookies you know, to kind of, you know, and yeah, they, you yeah. know, they, they got them to right. where they were, you know, they grew close and they became brothers and they bonded and the whole nine yards. But still, it was the idea that some of this stuff was, was, was pretty crazy. And 
the fact I think that a lot of it started to change when you were there. Uh, it it started to change a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think the that uh, Frank had a lot to do with that atmosphere that he brought with with that team and the way they are now. And even like you're saying, my years after playing with Frank and coming back, like it was completely different atmosphere. He didn't, you know, we, we went on the roads then, like I said, and we would torment each other. But when, when I came back and we, we go on the roads, it, there was, there wasn't too much a uh, horseplay, may I say. Yeah. Like they're used to they're, torture <laughs> anyway. Right. But, uh, so, uh, but, um, I mean, how tell me uh, the do you remember anything i mean when you did play in that first season did you uh were you able to put up any points or i know you probably put up more than a few penalty minutes but uh, did you put up any points that year uh probably like uh, not i just like maybe a handful you know i mean I, not much it wasn't producing much. I wasn't playing much. Like I said, like mm-hmm. I was young and it, it was, was it, it is what it, it is what it is when it comes down to that kind of thing. But, uh, I wasn't really a big point guy anyway. So, you know, I don't, I don't think I probably got many points that year, but I'm sure I did get a lot of penalty minutes. So <laughs> you know that. <laughs> no, not you, Jake. <clears throat> anyway, but, uh, just, uh, I was just trying to figure out if you remembered, uh, Anything about like first goal or first fight, any of that kind of stuff? Um, I don't think I scored that first season. I know I didn't actually, and I don't think I got in a fight either. I might have. I'm pretty sure they all kind of made us kind of get in fights that year, like if we were rookies, you know, and we weren't scoring goals or whatever. But uh, nothing that I can really remember. Like I was saying, like that was a long time ago, but uh. I remember a lot of a lot of good games, a lot of fierce battles, you know, going to Des Moines and or not Des Moines, but uh, Dubuque, yeah, Dubuque and Peoria, and they would pack those rinks, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, and that was. You know, that, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Uh, I was just gonna ask you. Um, what were who were probably would you say your most heated rivals when you played and who were the teams that you got most fired up for because you wanted to you wanted you wanted to take a piece of them well back then you know that was the last year of the CSHL so it was you know every game was pretty pretty physical it was a a physical and an intense hockey league that's for sure but uh you know, I, I remember, like I said, going to Dubuque, they always had a really good team. Peoria was pretty decent. And then I remember St. Louis was pretty, pretty darn good, too. Yeah. And uh, also Chicago. So all those, all four of those teams were pretty heated rivals. You know, we, we, we went back and forth with Chicago a lot. I know that. I remember, I remember having some, some fun games over there at their barn. There were some. If I'm not mistaken, didn't it? Weren't there more than a few times where we thought law enforcement was going to have to be called in because of how uh, how yeah. heated, <laughs> how heated and uh, and fiery that 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 rivalry was over there? Because uh, on more than one occasion, there yeah. were a lot of extracurriculars and extra liberties taken, and uh, 
it it was intense i mean intense and the funny part of it was was like uh, i'm trying to remember their names uh mark hammersmith he was the coach him and uh, dick glass were the uh, coaches slash owners of the chicago franchise back then and um i think mm-hmm. i think mark's son ended up uh coaching them for a while there too after mark stepped aside and but the funny part is is that we got along great you know i would go see him it's like hey how you doing you know it's good to see a big hugs and stuff and and his wife debbie was you know hey mick how are you you know big hug and everything and you know uh stuff and her daughter would wave and say hey mick and you know it was like wonderful and then as soon as the game started it was like you blankety blank (laughs) (laughs) oh god it was great i I mean those were some those were hilarious and it it just oh my god they were just i mean as intense a human being as you ever want to come across and um they were, I mean, Hammer, Hammer, especially, man. I mean, that guy, he could explode at the drop of a hat and drop the hat himself. You know what I mean? It's like, he just was, he yes. just, he was very intense. Yes. And it, but, you know, it made for great rivalries though, man. You know, you talk about that, uh, trying to remember who, I can't remember if, uh, if uh, Lunar was still coaching in Peoria, Kevin Loon, um, but he was another guy that, I mean, hugely intense. Uh, played in the minors uh, for a number of years there in Peoria and was just played with the Rivermen. And, and just, I mean, like I said, intense is a, uh, you look in the dictionary under intense and his picture's there. You know, uh, now, right, jo- now right. Joe Coombs over in Dubuque, that guy, he was just, he was just something else. I mean, because he... His thing was he he not only wanted the uh, the biggest I mean now now we got to remember they were in the USHL for a long time and then they the team I don't know what happened to the team if they got sold and they moved or what but they didn't have hockey so they joined our league they went from being the Dubuque Fighting Saints to us being the Dubuque Thunderbirds so he got he had a pool of right. talent to draw from and. Uh, I think they have a team in the USHL again. Yes, they? they're back to the fighting seats. And they play, you know what the funny part is? They played in a beautiful barn when we were there. It was a nice barn. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And yeah, they, and, it, was. it was big. big arena. Yeah. And they, and they packed it. Uh huh. And the, you know what the funny part is? As nice as that place was, they still uh, uh, built another place, and they built another arena. And when they did that, they got their USHL team back. And so it was probably they were they were in the CSHL, I think, for like I want to say like five or six seasons, maybe tops. And then maybe, and then yeah. they went back to the USHL, and that's where they are now. So, but anyway, let's get back to talking about you. Um, so you're playing, <laughs> you're playing, you you played that for, or you went through that first year. Uh, now you said you went back to uh you went back up to victory after that first year. Yeah, so during that season, like I said, I wasn't playing much, so I actually left and went and played for Honda. And then the following year after that I played for Bell Tire. And then I came back that year after Bell Tire, I came back and I put it was uh 
Tarsha and Scott Searing then. Okay. And it was the NA3HL. Mm-hmm. But essentially it was still the all the CSHL teams. So Exactly. Exactly. So but um now when you So that would have been the eleven twelve. Okay. So Mike Baker. Yep. All right. Now let me ask you, uh what was it like for you when you came back? I mean did you feel any different? Did you feel like maybe uh, in terms of not only how you felt walking into the locker room, but also how you felt as far as uh, responsibilities uh, or what your role would be on the team? Any of that change? Oh, I feel like when I came back, it, yeah, it was a whole different ball game. You know what I mean? I was two years older or whatever, and – a, they changed the locker room, made it smaller. I was kind of disappointed about that. But uh, other than that, it was, you know, it was more of a leadership role when I came back into the organization, and and it was good to be back. I can tell you that, too. It was nice to be home, playing at home. Now, um, and, and, now I was just going to say, uh, did you have any, uh, I don't know, I guess uh, – was there some? Was there anything driving you as far as um, wanting to come back home? Uh, I mean, were you just looking to just for a place to play, or was it real specific that you wanted Toledo? You know, I, I ended my season with Beltair. I had a couple looks in the NA, and I did a tryout and everything, and it it didn't work out or whatever. But I kind of always felt like I I wanted to play for Toledo and I wanted to come back and play here, you know, and uh, it's nice living at home or living where you're from or whatever, especially, you know, I finally got a job and everything was working out. So I didn't really want to leave at that point, you know? So it it was definitely something always in the back of my head, like, all right, let's go to, you know, go play juniors again at Toledo. You know, it, it, it might not have been the first option that I was thinking, but it eventually became the option that I wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, did, when you came back, uh, did, was it like uh, putting on a, a old uh, pair of hockey gloves uh, when you uh, stepped back in the locker room? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, you, you know, you get back in that room and it's like, wow, I remember this, I remember that, and you're, you know. Was there anybody there? Little, was there anybody there from the first time you were there? Nope. Everybody was gone. Everybody was gone. Mm-hmm. Including Duncan. You know, we had a new head coach now. Mo was still there. And you were still there. <laughs> Doc was still there. <laughs> that was us. The, the crazy, the three stooges. That's us. But no, but um, the... the um, <laughs> You know, uh, I, I guess the for, you know, it was one of those you can, you know, you try to go back home again sometimes because for Scott, Scott had, you know, all the stuff to win, all the success back in the 90s, you know, winning the national championship and everything else. And Tarsh was a, a, a really good coach with the young kids. He was real, you know, his, his he made his mark there with that, too. Um and then coming up to the junior level, it was uh, 
it was different because Tarsh, I think he went through, that was his third head coach because he started originally with Varga, I think, Varga and Kinsey. And then uh, when they left, he he was still there for when Duncan came in. And then and then mm-hmm. when Duncan uh, left, uh, he was there with Scott. <clears throat> and then they stayed together until uh, they were let go, and uh, and uh, Kenny came in, and he got Todd Omi to come in, come back. So I say it's one of those, it's one yeah. of those old things, man. The more things change, the more they stay the same. But uh, let's talk. Yeah, I played for three three different head coaches there too. Really? So yeah. Because I played, yeah, I played, played for Kenny as well at the end of my last season. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because that was the year that, yeah, that was the year that it was like mid-season that, uh, uh, that Scott and Kenny took, yeah, over. Kenny took over and Sap came in as the president and uh, they, they had all those changes and stuff. And it was um, that, I mean, that, I, did that really, I mean, what did that do to you as far as, I mean, that, that's got to be hard because all the, I mean, never mind the fact about the, you know, uh, the, the wins and losses or the personalities as they were uh, about, you know, the changes. I'm just saying from a player standpoint, that had to be really hard to deal with. I mean, you're you're there for four years more or less, and you've got three different head coaches. Uh, that's kind of tough, as far as isn't it to get like not only familiarity, but just to be comfortable in what kind of systems you're going to run, what kind of uh, you know you adapt to all these different things. And when you hear, you know, okay, we got another coach coming in. That's you kind of got to not necessarily start from scratch again, but it, it kind of is. Right, right. And, you know, coming from Duncan, you know, that that was uh, a big difference going to Scott. Scott's more of a soft spoken guy and Duncan's more of a, you know, he's going to tell you how it is right away on the ice. That guy, you know, he's a yeller. So, uh yeah, that was a big difference, but like I said, I was gone for a little bit, and when I came back, you know, it was a new atmosphere for sure, different style of play. I'm not going to lie, I got a lot of penalty minutes. They weren't too happy with it, and I was like, well, what? what? It changed? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so that was kind of hard to get used to, and definitely the systems and everything, but like Tarsha made it, like you said, he, it was awesome. Like, he, he always made it easy to, you know, talk to him and figure out what's going on and, you know, trying to simplify things for you and make sure you understand as well. And Scott was a good, good guy with that too, you know, and then, you know, Kenny and Sap right coming that coming in and Kenny, Kenny comes in, it's almost a seamless transition. You know, he, he's, he's a, a very humble guy and he, he makes sure that you guys understood what's going on. And like, he doesn't want to change much at first because like you said, he understood the situation. He coming in halfway through the season you know, we've already been doing things this way. So he kind of, you know, worked with us there. And it was awesome. You know, there was, it was, like I said, it was seamless. He, he doesn't, he did an awesome job then. And I think he still does an awesome job with those kids. And, and, you know, the transition wasn't, wasn't very hard for me. Cause like, like I said, it was at the end of the season. 
but I'm one of those guys that I'm willing to play for whoever's telling me what to do. I'll go do it. All right. Just give me the ice time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is a recurring theme here, all about ice time. But uh, now, talk to me a little bit now here about, you know, obviously, uh, you, as you finish up your career in Toledo, the, the leadership role really becomes much more magnified for you. Because uh, I believe you were, were you, I believe you, did you wear the C or were you one of the A's? I think I was an A for a little bit. I actually never wore the C. But I mean, you know, my last year, I was the only 92 on our team. I was the oldest guy, you know. So, and I had a bunch of little babies. There were a bunch of 95s. You know, they were all young, great hockey players, you know. So I feel like I, you know, I didn't, it didn't matter what was on my chest or whatever was on my jersey. It was kind of like, like you're saying, it was a leadership role that I took serious. And I like, I felt like an old man compared to a lot of those kids. So it was, uh, I think I think so, that's part you know. of it. I think that's part of why I always thought of you as as an old grizzly vet, because when you played, especially near the end, I mean, you were you you were you were uh, you played with a bunch of kids. I mean, literally, you had the babies, you know, that you had to kind of give them the the heads up because it was going to be your last hurrah, and they still had a long way to go ahead of them, and those were some. Those were some tough times, you know, and stuff. And I, I, I tip my hat to you, man. That that could not have been easy. Yeah, I mean, it, they made it easy though. It was like I said, it was a every year I was there it was a great group of kids, you know, a great group of group of guys, and and especially that group right there, you know, it it was awesome to play with them, and then to be able to watch a lot of them play there for the next four years after I played with them. Like that was awesome, you know, and and they all got along with each other. They all, a lot of them grew up in Toledo. We all kind of knew of each other, or they played with each other, type of thing. So, you know, really, it was easy for me to, you know, to, you know, well, you know, tell them to hush down in the locker room or take it serious a little bit here and there. But you know, a lot of them, they were just there to play hockey. They enjoyed it just as much as I did. So, you know, it was a great time. It wasn't wasn't a hard thing for me. To, to lay my foot down because there wasn't much of that that I needed to do. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I can remember people telling me in other podcasts but from that era that told me that you were the, the guy that you would be one of the first to laugh with them. But when it came to time to be serious, uh, that smile that smile on Jake's face would disappear and you never saw it, you know, during the game or anything of that stuff. <laughs> um, because it was like you you took you took that serious and they knew that um now uh and i mean they mentioned you by name i mean it ain't like they said yeah well the leadership did this and that no on on more than one occasion i heard about you know yeah manders would be you know he'd be really serious about this and that you know and uh you know they like i said they thought you know because of your being a vet and them being kids it was you know, they, that was the leadership that they had was from, uh, especially you because they, they didn't have a ton of, of, uh, old grizzly vets, as I like to say. Right. So, right. Now I was running solo. Yep. So, but, I mean, but still, I mean, tell me about some of those guys on that team that you remember the 95s. Well, 
Well, those 95s, I remember every single one of them. You know, I could go down the list right now and tell you every kid on that team. But, uh, you know, from fo- like the Fogarty and, and Lehman and, and Zalecki and Bogart, Army, Turner, you know, that group that came from uh, – a lot of them grew up playing for our organization and their locker room was right next to mine when I was growing up, mm-hmm. you know. So I knew a lot of them, and, and Bogart was always the biggest kid in the world, so you knew who he was. Everybody at the rink knew who he was, <laughs> you know, but, like, uh, it's just crazy to think about, like, though, who else was on that team? Was that uh, back in the era of uh, the Pisanis? So that was, like, Con- yeah, Connor Crow, the Pisani brothers, the Podorsky brothers. No, Pisanis came after that, right? Mm-hmm. Or did they play that year? They came the year I coached after the year after it was the, it was the Podorsky brothers. Okay. And then Duncan and then Donnie Nagel, Benio, Omi. I already said Turner mm-hmm. and all of them. It was a Brazil. I remember Brazil. Nikki Brazil. Yep. And Thalen Parker. Hey, Oh God, that kid, that kid was like, Kevin Gregory. Oh yeah, and wasn't it may have been it may have come later. It may not be the same era as you, but wasn't there another Gregory, Sean Gregory? Yeah, he yeah he played the year before that. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. With with like Baker and Ryan Kelly and all them oh, guys, yeah. Jim and Joe, uh, Steele and Breslin. What the hell do you say, Joe? Yeah, Joe, Joe. There was Joe Breslin and Joe, Joe Skarinski. Uh, Skarinski and and J- Jimmy uh, Steele. Yep. And Luke Nichols. That was the year before. Yeah. yeah. So. But this year, what, my last year was like Benio, Turner, Army, Zalecki, all them guys. Who else was on that team? Oh, that Alec Jarrett from Cleveland. Okay. Yep. Holy cow. So, I mean, would you have to say that you, knowing it was going to be your last season, that you, you, you essentially, you were going to enjoy it for every minute and every second it was worth? There's no doubt about that, Mick, of course. And I sure did. I mean, that's, I mean, that, I got to admit, you know, like, I really enjoyed, you used to, I mean, when you first, like we're playing with us and up until your final year, it was like, you used to frustrate the living crap out of me because it was like, how could a kid with this much talent get so many stinking penalty minutes that, Oh my gosh, it was hilarious, man. It was like, Oh no. I got to be the top five of all time. I'm telling you. Man. Well, I don't know, man. The back in the early days when yeah. they would fight all the time. I, but uh, that yeah, when I, I that's what I mean. Growing up watching like Tommy Higgins and remember the Tommy Higgins and J.R. Engelberg when they ran J.R. J.R. Dubuque. Dubuque did. Yeah. That and uh, yeah. I was that game. Yep. I was calling it with uh, Toby Hafner, and uh, we were doing it for BCSN and. I remember when uh, that kid, his name was Kevin Worst or something like that. 
he went at the face-off at the Dubuque blue line, went over down the yeah, ice right. and ran at him. And, and JR, uh, I think JR submarined him. Stiff-armed him with his blocker. Yep. Dropped him with his blocker. Yeah. Hey, JR, man, I tell you what, I learned one thing watching that fight. You do not mess with JR, man. That kid, he, he had a right <laughs> hand that messed you up. He got about seven foot tall. Yeah, that too. On skate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was waiting for that guy. I was like, I remember I was sitting right behind the glass right there when that all happened. See, and that's the thing, like growing up watching them play, like, it, you know, you wanted to look up to those guys, especially some of them guys that we're talking about now. I watched them for three or four years playing for the Cherokee. Yep. Like Corey Abelquin, I remember he played for them that year. Bart Reeves. Oh, yeah. All those guys, you know. Yeah, and uh, the Austin Seipel. Gulch. Yep. Ryan Sell. Seipel, yeah. Seipel was a kid from Mommy, I remember, because he was the most quiet, most well-mannered kid I had ever seen on the Cherokee. Uh, that wasn't named Josh Smith, but uh, anyway, he was like the most quiet, well-mannered kid. He was a good size kid, but he was still well-mannered and polite and you wouldn't expect much out of him as far as being a, a, a feisty, rough, rough and tumble type of kid. But he got uh, into a fight. He had two kids jump him in that scramble with Dubuque down in the ice there. And he pulled himself up. JR was able to grab one of them and pull him off of him. And that allowed Austin to get up. And Austin fought two guys at the same time and beat the snot out of both of them. That that dude, I mean, he mm-hmm. dropped one kid cold. Uh, I think his name was Kevin Sunday or something like that. He dropped one of them cold. And uh, I, I just looked and I looked at, at, at uh, Toby Hafner and I was like, we were at commercial. And I just looked at him and I said, I don't ever want to mess with that kid ever again. I said, because that is one, I mean, he was kind of like Bart Reeves in a sense that you look at him and you didn't expect what came out of him, you know, I mean, Bart, we all know, scrawny kid, short, not the tallest guy out there, not the biggest bulky type, you know, uh, when you think of a fighter, but man, once the gloves came off, run, (laughs) because you did not want to mess with them. And that was Seipel. Seipel never fought, really, and was not, a, like I say, he was not one of those, you know, in-your-face, you know, why don't you take me on type guys. But, oh, my God, when he fought then, it was right. like I had this, like, it was like a revelation and stuff. But, and now, you know, like I said, bringing this all back home, you were one of those guys, from what I could see, that you did not, uh, go out of your way necessarily to be a full-blown pugilist, but you were not afraid to be a crap disturber. You were not afraid to stand up for your teammates. And I think that's the one thing I always admired about you was the fact that uh, you took things to heart, even though you, you knew you weren't the most, um, the most uh, skilled person on the ice, but you weren't trying to be. You were trying to be the best teammate. And when things would uh, when things would go south, you were the first one there to jump in to stand up and protect your teammates. And I think that's part of why people, you know, when they think of you, they think of you as being a leader is because of the fact that you did those things. And it really made a difference in what 
I think the program was trying to do, uh, and especially the fact that, you know, again, you played, you played for different coaches every year, uh, from of your junior years, if you think about it, including when you went to back to victory up in Michigan, you know, you, you're playing different coach for different coaches every year you're there. And it makes, I mean, on other, for some people that can really mess you up, but you instead, instead of letting it mess you up, you thrived in it and you were able to help these young kids who had to make their adjustments too. And I mean, I, I just, I tip my cap to you, man. I think that is something that, uh, something you should be proud of. I mean, definitely is something I'm proud of. And, you know, and it's like I said, it's, it's what was always surrounded around me was the good people just like that. Just, just love the game and being an ambassador for the game. And sometimes you got to look at it. It's a bigger picture. It's not just, you're going out there to have fun. It's not just that all the time, you know, we go out there because it is fun and we do have fun, but it's not always fun times. And, and it's, and it is a serious matter. A lot of it, it's a lot of time spent, a lot of hard work for a lot of people in your life. that are putting that on for you. So I, I always took it serious when I was at the rink and everything, but you know, bottom line is those, those people on your team are, are your brothers or, or sisters, you know, and it's always been a big thing of mine is, is, it's the discipline. It's, it's not just, you know, you're there to do a role or a job and, and you go there, you get it done the best you can do. And, and then you go home and you come back and you do it again the next day. Right. So, like I said, I, I always had the great, the great opportunity to play in the game. And I, I had been surrounded by truly passionate people about hockey, not only my mom and dad, but you know, with SAP and Lebo and everybody else in the organization, like Kenny and his brother Kelly. And, you know, I played for him and everything. So, you know, Duncan and Tarsha and Scott and everybody, it, it just, you know, you learn so much and you try and take it all in. And you, and you, you find yourself, you know, surrounded by all this hockey and all these good people about it. It almost takes, you know, it's my life now. So, you know, I coach now and a lot of why I coach and what I'm doing, you know, I don't have a kid on my team or anything like that, but, but I do it because I feel like I, I want to pass on what was given to me in a sense of, you know, playing for all these great people and, and having all the great people in my life that were around me that made all my opportunities happen. You know, hockey was a great part of my life and it's awesome to be able to give back and especially like my last year I knew I was done playing hockey after that so you know you're you're there not only to play but to make sure that that what you learn from the Cherokee is still getting passed on to the new guys you know doing your job Mm -hmm. right you know in the in the cycle or whatever you want to call it you know so a lot like I said a lot of that I owe to all the people that were around me and being able to you know, bless me with the knowledge that they passed on and I was able to obtain, you know, so. Now, when, uh, when you. Just like you, you know, you're one of those people, right? I was just going to transition into that because after you finished playing, uh, you still wanted to be around the game and around the rink. So what better way to do that than to go up into the press box and, uh, 
work the camera and and uh, be the camera guy for all the games that were being streamed on uh, on online. And also, you know, when we had uh, back then before it was just streaming, uh, we had to record the video of the games to give copies to the the referees and to the uh, each each team's coaches and everything like that. So there was, you know, a lot right. of the little responsibilities that you don't think about, but those are the, those are the things that make or break. And you were the guy that did all that. Um, and yeah. how did you, how, what made you want to do that? I mean, was it just to uh, remain around? So, or... Well, that's kind of what I mean. Like, you know, it all kind of comes down to the people in my life. So it's like, you know, you get, you stop playing hockey. I, uh, you know, I, I got, I'm working and stuff. So, you know, I got done with juniors and Kenny Ray and Sap came up with me or offered me with the opportunity to, you know, stick around the game and uh, kind of help Kenny out and be his video guy. I was actually like the video coach and, you know, I'd film our games at home, but then, you know, on the road, I would be on the bench and, and then I'd go over the game uh, film with the boys here and there. And like, like I said, a lot of these boys that were on the team, I, I played with them the year before. So it was, it was kind of like, I'm still in that position. I was the year before. I'm just not playing with them now, you know? So, uh, but then my wife had her baby about midway through the season. So I didn't get to travel as much anymore. And then, and then kind of just came down to the permanent role of just kind of being the film guy at home with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's something that sat, asked me to do. And I was the film guy, you know, when we started doing that and, I was the one that did it, you know, so I, you know, I just kept me around the game and it was a great opportunity again that I was given to just, you know, keep in touch and come spend my Friday, Saturday evenings at the ice house. Yep. Right. With my best bud. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, that was always, it was always, a, I had so much fun because before you, it was John Renegar who was my primary guy that did all the, did all the videos and it was hilarious because <clears throat> when I used to, I, I would sit next to him sometimes. And when I first started, we didn't, he had a wireless mic for me and I would sit away from him. And for a few seasons, we did it like that. And then there, we got it to where I was like up next to the, where the camera position was, I'd be up there. And so John was in my ear. And especially when we went to the uh, ice house and he was still there and he would shoot video. And I got introduced to the real John Renegar in that I got to hear all his comments that he would always make and they would go over the air when I was broadcasting. (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh. And then, of course, after he left, after he retired from it, um, then there's this, this. we had a couple different guys and then you came in and it was like John Renegar 2.0 because that player in you, (laughs) that player in you would be that competitor in you. You'd get so feisty and and impassioned about things, whether it was a, a, a referee's call or a linesman's call, or if something happened, if someone got cheap shotted or whatever, you would get so mad 
and you let your feelings known. And sure enough, they went, they would go over the air and I'm like, Oh my God, this is John Reniger 2.0. And it's like, Oh, those are, but I mean, that's part of the game though. I mean, you can't, you can take the player from the game, but you can't take the game from the player. You know, it's, you're just, you're, you're just that impassioned about it. And hockey people are hockey people, man. They're, they're, there's not going to be, let's put it this way. We all knew what you thought. (laughs) And that's, but that's what made it, that's what made it fun. I mean, looking back at it now, I mean, back then I was like trying to be, you know, uh, broadcaster, you know, and it's like, I'm thinking, okay, okay, Jake, just don't cuss, man. Just don't cuss, just don't cuss. And then, (laughs) and then when I, when I would, uh, you know, now that I've been away from it, you know, and I look at it, I'm like, he wasn't trying to cuss or whatever because he was trying to cuss or whatever. He was, that's just the, the, the competitor in him. You know, I realized it and that was, it was the competitor in you that you just, you cared that much about that team and the game and that never goes away, does it? No, I I can't say it does at all. You know, not a big, you know, now coaching, I try and keep it calm and I don't really show too much emotion up there because you don't want to get in trouble, you know, or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it, those first five to six years uh, after playing, it, it's real tough to bite your tongue when, you, <laughs> when you're up there, you know what I mean? You're watching what's happening. You know, it's a whole, you know, it's and you get to see everything that's going on even, through, you know, through a magnifying glass almost. You know, you're not on the ice level anymore and you're up there and you watch it all and you're like, God darn it, you know, and you know, don't exactly what you're saying. It's just a, so much passion still. It's like, oh, hey, watch out. You know, you can, but it's it's even now, even now on the bench, you know, it's, I find myself, you know, clinching a fist, you know, or something, <laughs> you know. And, and you know, the funny part is, is a couple things. Um, you know, it's like you can see things develop before they actually happen. You kind of got that from, and that's just the experience you have from playing the game. Uh, you know, and and the other part though that I, the one thing I did notice over time is you did settle down. I mean, you used to be, you know, just, you'd be fiery and everything uh, when you first started with the camera and everything. But I noticed as time went on, you started to kind of, um, I don't know, maybe kind of settle down a little bit. You you weren't as quick to get fiery and and deeply impassioned. uh, I wouldn't say impassioned, but just uh, you weren't as fiery and ready to blow some steam. Uh, would you say some of that maybe might have had to do with the fact that you were a dad now, and maybe some of that probably had uh, uh, had an effect on you? Uh, probably a hundred percent because I was a dad now. You know what I mean? It takes so much more different responsibilities. It's a whole different life to live when you when you have that child. Mm-hmm. You know, and and now I have two. I'm blessed to have two baby girls now, but. But yeah, when I, Henley came around, my young, my oldest, it, it was it was a game changer. That's for sure, you know. And you don't want to be, you want to be too. You, you learn to be patient. You don't want to jump at situations so fast anymore. You know, kind of sit back and think about things, you know, a lot a lot more. And uh, 
and definitely I think I have to owe all of that to being a parent for sure because yeah I, I was a feisty one I was I was always quick to to tell people what my opinion was that's for sure and I definitely kind of take a step back now and you know take a deep breath in before I let any words come out <laughs> <laughs> really pay attention well that's a good thing that's called uh dare I say it uh you're, you're you're maturing you're growing up <laughs> so that's a that's a good thing yeah yeah, yeah. but you, you'll always still have that in some way yeah, i was gonna say try and tell my wife that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure your wife probably has a slightly different opinion but yeah that's all right but uh now before we go i want to ask you uh what advice would the jake manders of today give to that uh kid that came back to Toledo from Victory Honda. Uh, what advice would you give that guy? Embrace it. Pay attention. Uh, take every moment in, you know, enjoy it. Don't don't uh, be, you know, in, down in the dumps or in the slumps, you know, or, or letting it go too fast, you know, really take it in, enjoy it. Pay attention to your surroundings, you know, play hard obviously but but have fun you know make make some new friendships memories but but again pay attention take it slow take it all in because it goes too fast that it does and i tell you uh i i i i still like it got to the point where when you were up in the booth with me it was like when uh our dear late friend mitch jensen uh aj's dad when he used to do color with me it was always a blast having him in there but on the time uh when uh, there were times where he couldn't make it and then later on when it was just me again and i didn't have the the benefit or the luxury of having him in the booth with me because he was so good at being my analyst and just awesome and uh everything um but when it was just me it, it it almost felt like I had a color analyst, uh, or should I say off color analyst in the booth because I had you. I mean, you when you would say what you thought about stuff, and and I'd pick it up and I just I just go with it. And then it got to the point where we would just have fun, uh, whether it was the music being played uh, overhead, the the uh, music in between whistles and stuff. We would just sit there and we'd make stupid observations and laugh about it. And that, I mean, when you can have that kind of camaraderie and everything, it makes what you're doing fun. It doesn't even seem like it's work. It's, it's like, I get to be here and, uh, you know, I get to enjoy this and, you know, you don't think of it as a job. You don't think of it as work. You just think of it as, man, we're going to come in here. We're going to have a blast doing what we do. And that's what I really, my fondest memories of you post-hockey were, was uh, being able to sit there and work with you. And, and I think we spent more time laughing than we did and, and when we weren't griping about what was happening on the ice. But uh, we would spend more time gr uh, laughing about stuff, uh, being goofballs. And I, like I said, that's, those are some of the most treasured memories I have are uh, being up there and, you know, uh, I I think about Mitch often and, and and miss him and uh but the thing is is that it wasn't just him because when I think of him you were part of that 
you were part of that memory, yeah. you know, and it was kind of, kind of like that three amigos type thing, you know, where it was like me and Mitch and then mm-hmm. over there on camera being, um, making sure we knew he was there <laughs> was, uh, right, was, right. was you and stuff. Now, um, tell me about, uh, before we go here, let me ask you, what would, uh, what do you want to say to Cherokee nation? Because there are plenty of folks that are going to be listening to this and, uh, I'm sure they would like to hear what you have to say to them as far as uh, whether it's alumni, current players, the fans, kids, whoever, what would you want to say to them? Um, probably, uh, you know, more along the lines of like, thank you for all the memories and all, all the love and, and good times we've all had, you know, from just going to the games or being around the rink or anything like that. It's always a good time. I've never had negative times with anybody uh, all the way up and down the association there. And, uh, uh, you know, just keep on being the people you are. It's a big family, you know, and uh, I love everybody there and everybody treats everybody so well, you know, and just remember we're out there to have fun and it's, it's for the kids. So, so, Keep on, keep on doing what we're doing and, and, and roll tribe, right? Amen to that, so. Roll tribe indeed. Well, I'll tell you what, Jake, it, it, see, I, I didn't realize we've gone this long and it's like, holy cow, it just flies by so fast. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't have favorites. I always tell everybody that I do not have favorites and stuff. So I can't say. It's okay. It's okay that I'm your favorite. It's okay. <laughs> can tell <laughs> oh man you are a piece of work jake manders and that's why i love you you are absolutely wonderful uh an absolute treat but uh thanks for doing this man it has been so much fun uh listening to you talk and stuff oh. and man we didn't even get into the good juicy stories and stuff but uh right. that's okay that's when we we're gonna have a re- we could go days. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> but what we'll do is when we go, when we have a reunion, and that's going to happen. I don't know how or when, but it's going to happen uh, when we, whatever normal is going to be defined as, uh, when we get to that, we're going to definitely have one. And we're going to get people to come back. And maybe an alumni game, I'm sure there will be. But the thing I want to do is I want to get a bunch of us to go like early in the season and go watch a Cherokee game and be sitting in the stands with a couple of diet Dr. Peppers and uh, just uh, telling stories and laughing our butts silly. You know, that's, that's the game plan. So uh, I definitely want you to be a part of that. So, but uh, thanks for doing this, man. And uh, I know I don't worry uh, as long as I still got breath in me, I'm still going to find a way to make it over to the ice house. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing you again, my friend. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Mick, and don't be shy, you know, don't be shy. We're always at, we're always at the rink, right? <laughs> well, not anymore because we're actually going to probably take the ice out soon. But uh, <laughs> other than that, next fall when it all starts up. Yep, amen. Yeah, come out and watch my, watch my team, man. What year are they? 2011, so we'll be 10U this oh year. God, 2011s? Man, I'm old. Yeah. I am old. Oh, but yeah, I can do that. Trust me. I can do that. So, uh, but thanks for this man. And, uh, Hey, 
we'll stay in touch. I promise. Well, that's going to. Yep. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. And uh, that's going to do it here for episode 78 of the Cherokee Rewind. Don't forget, subscribe. Okay. Subscribe and uh, whatever podcast uh, platform you use, and it will get, it'll let you know when the next edition of the Cherokee Rewind drops. So be sure to do that. And if you've got any Cherokee players that you can think of that you want to hear on the Cherokee Rewind, drop me a line, let me know, get a hold of me, social media, email, whatever, smoke signals, I don't care. Just uh, let me know and we'll get it done. So for Jake Manders, I am Mick. Thanks for so much for tuning in. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.